War II, some 350,000 women served in the U.S. Armed Forces, both here at home and abroad. With widespread male enlistment, this left gaping holes in the industrial labor force. So, between 1940 and 1945, the female percentage of the U.S. workforce increased from 27% to nearly 37%. And by 1945, nearly one out of every four married women worked outside the home. It's important for us to realize just how critical a role that women played in World War II, whether that be stepping up to the plate and helping with these defense contractors that were left vacant from the folks that were going to fight, or it was taking care of the family while the husband was out fighting a war. So we decided to interview a very special woman by the name of Elsie Guilford. She embodies what it means to be a true American, giving of herself to help protect our freedom. We hope you enjoy this special interview with Elsie Guilford. Uh, yes, at that time, uh, my husband, then not my husband, but Howard and I were engaged, didn't plan to be married for a while, but along came Pearl Harbor. Mm. We decided to get married before he went into service, so we eloped to Las Vegas. <laughs> wow. And we were married a year before he finally went into service. We both worked at Douglas Aircraft. Mm. Uh, he was a mechanic. I was what they call a stock chaser, getting all the parts from one department to another that needed to be done, to needed to be worked on to finish a certain contract. Then my husband went into service in um, January of 43, mm. and um, I followed him in May of 43, and then I was able to travel with him on and off the next three years. He remained in the United States. He was an instructor at air bases, instructing all the pilots on the instruments on the airplanes. I'm curious about what the attitude was of most Americans at that time. Were people behind you guys? Were they upset about the rationing and so forth? What was the attitude overall? Everyone was 100% behind the air, behind the war effort. I don't remember of any complaining, even with the um, rationing. When you'd go to the store and the shelves were bare, hmm. you couldn't get what you needed. But everyone was pushing 100% to buy war bonds, do whatever they could. Things are so much different today. You know, you, you guys had to communicate with your husbands somehow. You didn't have email. How did you guys actually communicate? With email. And if you used a, a V-mail, it was a light pale blue, just one sheet that you folded into thirds. And if you used that, there wasn't any postage. If you were writing to a serviceman or if a serviceman was writing back to you. Millennials may not realize that you guys had to ration your food and not just that, but your other products that we are buying every day. You guys couldn't go down and buy, you know, groceries just anytime you wanted to. There was specific times and allocated amounts, correct? Everyone was issued a book and uh, uh, certain color stamps were good for a week. It was a red stamp for meat. There was other stamps. Sugar was rationed. Even shoes. You couldn't buy a pair of shoes without um, a ration ticket. Um, and then later on, I was in Alabama and I worked at the OPA Office of Price Administration, which is the rationing board. Mm. And at that time, tires were rationed. And I was the chief tire clerk. That um, It was my signature on the, on the certificate that enabled people to buy tires and you couldn't buy a tire without a certificate. So you really were on the front line of the rationing and 
um, probably heard maybe the complaints, but maybe uh, really were there. And the camaraderie, I'm sure, with your staff was in, intense in that time. Um, do you have any stories? Well, we were in this little um, office, the OPA, and upstairs was the Red Cross office. And I used to see soldiers coming mm. in with uh, maybe families and children and no place to live or no place to stay overnight or no money for gas, and he had to get to his next assignment. And um, the Red Cross would step in and help at that time. But um, just just the just the effort that everyone went through, I didn't hear any complaints about mm. rationing. Um, just let's get in there and get it over with. People today remember 9-11, and your 9-11 was probably Pearl Harbor. You also experienced 9-11, but talk to me about when it was that you first heard the news and do you remember it is it is it a clear memory for you yes i had howard and i had been out on a date the night before and um, the next morning um, i was out in our in our um, garden with some friends and a friend of my brother's drove up and just pulled up and yelled out the window pearl harbor's been bombed well everybody looked around and a lot of people said where's pearl harbor mm, yeah so then howard came over and said you know what this means and i said what you know he said war and i i yeah. i had never really made the connection and i was in business college and the next day while we were in school we heard roosevelt's speech declaring war and then i guess that's the first time i really realized how serious it was 24 hours later before so you were sunk like in. what 18 18, <laughs> 18 years old <laughs> and you were in college mm-hmm and that's amazing. That's really amazing. And what do you recall what you felt? What emotions did you feel when it all kind of came together for you? Well, uh, my emotions were I had a brother of this, of the age that would have to go. And, of course, Howard, my fiancé, I knew he would have to go. And um, I just uh, wondered what was going to happen next, you know. Were you angry? <laughs> no, I think probably I was frightened. Frightened, yeah. Because, uh I lived in Santa Monica, right on the coast, and the threat of submarines. Uh, if we were driving a car, all we could have was our parking lights. You could not have high. You couldn't have your high beams. You wow. were driving with parking lots, and you didn't turn on your high beams till you got two miles further east, away from the coast. Mm-hmm. And I can remember uh, one night when there was a lot of gunfire, uh, flash searchlights, and uh, Douglas aircraft was under attack. And we never heard. They said, you'll never know what really happened till the war is over. And then there was a submarine off the coast of Santa Barbara. <laughs> so that was... Wow, talk about chill bumps. Well, we hope you enjoyed that interview with a very special lady, Elsie Guilford. It was an honor for Mark and I to talk with her, and we hope you enjoyed it, and we hope that you can share this with friends and family so that they can get an insider's view of just what it was to be a woman in the 1940s with a husband off at war. Have a wonderful 4th of July, and God bless the USA. There's something true about red, white, and blue about Rosie, the Riveter.